Quentin Nelson can cover two positions, left guard and right fucking tackle, make two blocks and let Philip Rivers, who's the slowest quarterback in history, get the ball out. Never mind that. He can he can do the fucking job, right? That's pissed me off. Hello and welcome to the Un-American Football Show. I'm your host for today, Alan Woods. And as we take a look forward, as well as a look back at the AFC South. On the show today, we're lucky to be represented by members of all the teams in the AFC South. Uh, First off, we have Nate uh, representing the Colts, who's still licking the wounds from the Colts' first uh, game loss in 2020 to the Jaguars. Hello, Nate. Hi, uh, I would say thank you to, for having me here, but you know, I'm, I made a silly bet about that game. I said that I'd eat a curry, which I absolutely hate. If if the Colts lost, and then they went uh, went ahead and shut the bed in the second half and lost to the worst team in professional football history, more or less. So that was good. Well, we're still looking forward to the curry, so that's good. Uh, and then we also have Adam here, who's representing the AFC South champions and the home of the Derek Handy stiff arm. Hello, Adam. Uh, hello um thanks for having me guys um yeah pl- pleasure to be on looking forward to this me too me too it's gonna be a really good episode uh hopefully picking up the revival of statistically the worst team in the nfl last year the jacksonville jaguars we have patrick glad to be back and uh, glad that our victory over the uh, colts last season didn't see us out of the number one pick from the uh, draft last year Let's hope we get lots of mentions of that game. It was one of my favourites of the year. Oh, here we go. It's already started. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Uh, and last but not least, um, representing the worst-run NFL franchise in Texas, uh, which is quite a saying, uh, the Houston Texans, we have Graham. Hi there. Nice to be on. I'm only here so I don't get fined after that. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, you probably aren't aware I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, so I sort of have to say that. Um, but it, it is a close run thing. Um, I think there's there's no uh, beating around the bush there. Uh, so yeah. fantastic to have you all on today. Uh, so we'll look back before looking forward. That seems to make a lot of sense. We'll start with a rundown of how the division finished last season, uh, which will be nice listening for some of you, maybe not so nice for uh, the rest of you. So in first, we had the Tennessee Titans, who finished with an 11-5 and record, which was a good enough to tie for first with the Colts. However, the division record was the clincher. The Titans had a 5-1 and division record, with the Colts having a 4-2. and um, If only they hadn't lost to the Jags, eh? Uh, in third, we had the Houston Texans with a 4-12 and record, which was a 2-4 and divisional record. And then we had the Jaguars, who finished on 1-15 with that 1-5 divisional record. Um, I suppose the first thing to do is go around the uh, table, start from the top, start with the Titans. Um, Adam, how did you think your season went last year? You finished top, so probably you've got to be quite happy. Yes, a weird one, really, because an 11-5 record and AFC, AFC South champions, you should be over the moon with that um, and given the the Titans recent history obviously yes I am over the moon um, but it, it felt through large parts of it that a lot of the the team wasn't functioning I'm talking specifically on defense um, and you know, relying on 
what turned out to be a very powerful offense to win you every single game. And but if you you can't score 35, 40 points every single week. Um, but 11, 11 and five record possibly flattered us a little bit. Um, and in actual fact, I think the previous year, um, getting to the playoffs on nine and seven, ending up at the AFC Championship game that time, um, was probably a better team and a, a, certainly a ma- massively stronger defense. Um, but a playoff spot, winning the division, a home playoff game, ultimately heartbreak, um, uh, home to the Ravens. It always seems to be the Ravens. Um, but yeah, o- overall, I mean, yeah, I've got to be pleased with with where we are as a, as a franchise. Um, but you sort of wonder. No, I don't. I don't want to say the the coaching was holding us back a bit, um, but you know, not having a defensive coordinator, no, arguably a factor. Um, it's, I'm sure we'll come on to this, but it seems to be that the the management and the team have decided that the issue wasn't the coaching, but the issue was actually the roster. So the on defense, it's being blown up a little bit. So we'll we'll see how that resolves itself. Um, yeah, as a, as I say, I'm sure we'll we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, nice to be doing this as AFC South champions. Um, if I was a Colts as AFC South champions, I'd obviously stick a banner up in the top of my stadium about it. Um, but I'm not. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was a bit of an unusual season for the Titans. Uh, the offense definitely seemed to be what was winning them games as opposed to the defense, which wasn't necessarily the case in years past. Uh, and there was quite a lot of change between the years. And I know we'll come on to this as well going forward. But there seems to be there seems to be quite a lot of change going into the coming year as well. So, um, as I say, we'll, we'll pick up on that again in a moment. But let, let's go on to second place in the division, which is the Indianapolis Colts and Nate, uh, eleven and five record, four and two in the division. How would you uh, describe it? Some were you happy, unhappy, meet expectations? Uh, I think we exceeded expectations. A, a bit. Um, I think eleven and five uh, is is a pretty good, pretty good record in a uh, to get, especially going up against a very competitive Titans team. And um, you know, let's not talk about the other two. Um, I think uh, the uncertainty at quarterback that has been going on since since Luck retired, you know, it doesn't make for a great start to a season. And I was really negative before the Colts signed. Rivers about the possibility of coming in, but I don't think anybody can look at what he did in 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 a Colts jersey and say that he was anything but a success. Sure, he didn't lead us to a championship, but I don't think anybody expected him to, except for maybe Philip Rivers. He was a massive upgrade on Jacoby Brissett, and he started kind of slow, but he 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 he, he finished the season pretty strongly, and he he definitely had a few games here and there where he was the real driving force in wins, um, which we haven't seen since the days of a healthy Andrew Luck. Well, I mean, we, we did see it for a year, um, a year where Luck was came back and he looked to be his, his old self before retiring. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disappointed. We lost out on the, uh, the, the AFC South crown. It would have been nice, but I don't, I wasn't, I wasn't really expecting it. You know, I, I expected the Titans to, to win it slightly more comfortably than they did. Um, even if, you know, 11 or 5, I probably didn't expect either team to hit 11 or 5. Um, I th- expect them to be a win or two clear of the Colts. And as, yeah, it was it was a really good, really, really good entertaining season overall. Um, you know, we've got some, having Jonathan Taylor come into the four, having Michael Pittman come in, um, Julian Blackman on the defence, you know, all 
th- three fantastic rookie signings that that really went for it. Um, obviously, we lost lost Malik Hooker and um, Marlon Mack to injury weeks one and two, both to Achilles injuries, which were difficult difficult things. You know, Malik and uh, although Mack's back now, I think Malik Hooker it's a disappointing finish to 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 the guy and uh, to his time in Indy. I think. Um, I, ex- I was expecting a good season from him, but you know we've we had Rocky Sin who had an up and down year, but he was pretty pretty he was he was more often good than he was bad. Although he did get targeted and give away a few silly penalties that was particularly one that put us behind in the, the game against the Bills, which we never recovered from. And Z- Xavier Rhodes, you know, he thought he was going to come in and lead the uh, lead the team in receptions and uh, defense passes. I didn't. Not me. But he was he was fantastic, and then obviously uh, as well. Um, yeah, Ty hmm. goes to NRG and plays better than anybody's ever played there before. Um, so uh, can't complain too much, I suppose. It was a bit of a strange year for the Colts. I mean, you mentioned about Ty Hilton. It seemed like he didn't play the first nine, ten weeks of the season. Yeah, eleven weeks, I think. It was. <laughs> yeah, and. I mean, you, you rattled off a few names there where it was their first season in Indianapolis as well. And, you know, it, sometimes it's rare, especially with some of those rookies, that they can be as impactful as they were in their first year. So it's probably good grounding for the year that's coming up. Um, it's been interesting to see what transition they get into for the new season. Uh, Graham, let's come to you next. The Texans who came third in the division. Obviously, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but it was, it was, it was an interesting season. There was definitely one side of the ball that seemed to be working better than the others. How did you see the season and what your reflections upon it? Um, yeah, season was, it was a tough watch. You know, things, things were hard all, all year, you know, from the off season into the season, it was hard. And then obviously the need to get rid of uh, Bill O'Brien, you know, um, Hard start to the season. I think we had one of the hardest openings there's been in, in I, I can't remember how many years with with the four opening teams. Um, I was hoping to get out of that, like one and three, but it, it wasn't. Um, so there was, there was a lot of turmoil in, in the team all season. But if you if you look at our record, there was eight games that we lost by one score. You know so. We were never really that far out of it, as as the record shows, you know. And and the Titans they squeaked past us twice. Colts squeaked past us twice, I think. You know, it was all it was it was like goal line. We we're on the goal line, fumbling the ball in the snap. You know, like Nick Martin. I think it was the Colts game. Nick Martin with a bad snap right in the goal line. You're going in for the win. No time left on the clock. So there was. Throughout, even though the season was so terrible, there was a lot of positives in that. And you know, before this off season, um, I, I won't speak too much about it. You, you knew you always had a chance with D four under centre. Uh, even with with Hopkins going out, you know, Will Fuller come in and stepped up to WR one. You know, Speed Merchant. The, the two of them have good chemistry, but then like the paid thing hits and. It was just one like setback after another, you know, all all the time. So it, it was a tough watch. Um, and this 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 upcoming season, I don't think it's going to be any better. 
but there was there was a few bright spots, you know, a few guys coming on to their game, you know, like I, I'm a big fan of Lonnie Johnson Jr. You know, I think he does a great job at the back. You know, big talented guy, and uh, breaks up the plays. You know, him and was it Justin Reed? You know, they call themselves the Evil Twins in the backfield there. You know, so there's there, there's chemistry in the team, even though it seemed like a broken season. Um, but but yeah, you've got to look at the positives of few that there was. You, what what you said just then, um, from a uh, a Titans perspective, a four and twelve team, but being in so many games and so many games running close. I mean, I can think of the two games that we had specifically. You know, one was a coin flip game in overtime that, frankly, the Titans won due to winning the coin toss. The way those two offenses were firing. Um, the second one, it was you know, last second field goal um, to win, and it looked like it was going to overtime. That could have gone either way. Um, I mean, the, the Texans would never give the Titans an easy game under any circumstances, but it didn't. It didn't feel like we were playing a four and twelve team either time. Yeah, I would totally agree. Um, there were there were there were both actually excellent games to watch, even for the neutral. I would have said, um, same with the Colts games. That you know, the the Jags games. I I, I enjoy the Jags games. The the, the Texans Jags games. You never know what's going to happen in those games. There's always, you know, there's always some sort of needle in there, like. Uh, I can't remember who was under center. Was it Blaine Gabbert, you know, talking shit to <laughs> was it Brian Cushion one time, you know, off field? Was that Blaine Gabbert? Yeah, it wasn't it was really Blaine not Gabbert. a man you want to wind up, Blaine. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's like the last guy, you know. Yeah, I just I was gonna come back to those those Colts games that like you were saying. They um they were both in like heart like heart attack inducingly close games. Um and you know both times the Texans were led were led down the field into the into you know within the five yard line and both times you know there was a snap on the one that just was overshot and uh, Watson fumbled the ball to give the Colts a win and the second one uh, Darius Leonard managed to punch the ball out of uh, I forget whose arms it was um, is it David Johnson mm, well, I don't know. Uh, no, I forget who it was. Um, but yeah, he punch he punches the ball out into the end zone to for the recovery, and the Colts are like, you can't, you just can't. How do, how do how do you how do you define a game that ends in that way? And they were so close, and the and the horrible thing for you guys is you should have won both of those games in the long run. Like finishing finishing with the game losing drives, as it were. I never felt like I was watching a terrible football team. Watching the Texans, if your defense was better. You'd have been right up there with the, the the Colts and the and the Titans. Maybe maybe you know, a couple of a couple of wins behind us, but you wouldn't have been far off. Um, and it's a shame for you guys that you know it's definitely not happening next season. No, and we all, we all know like how how important winning divisional games are. You know, like that was that was the four four games against like the Titans and the Colts. You know, if that swings the other way, you've got six divisional games. You know, you just have to look at the trash he was at the NFC East. To see that you can come out of there with a with an awful record, you know, you don't even have to win that division. You don't even have to have a winning record in that division, and you can get to the playoffs. You know, yeah, you can win that division having lost more games than you won. Exactly, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah, uh, it was it was Kiki QT that uh, fumbled the ball in, into the into the into the end zone. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think your synopsis, you know, your summary is. is, is... Bang on, Graham. Um, I think they're always entertaining to watch the Texans games. 
you know, Deshaun Watson was always capable of putting some magic together. Um, and I mean, some of those things you mentioned were going to be good for long term. Thinking get rid of Bill O'Brien is probably going to be a good thing for the Texans. Um, but there definitely seemed to be something not like the stars were not aligned for the Texans in the last year. Uh, even Will Fuller, who you know he was having a standout season. Okay, um, we now know that he uh, has got um, tested and found positive for for drugs, so um, didn't finish the season. But he was having a standout season. You know, he'd had standout moments before. It was nothing. I wasn't watching him thinking he's miles better than he's ever been. He might have caught a few more balls here and there, but he was always you know a splash play guy. Could always put numbers on the board, um, you know. So even even some of their players, when they were finding their rhythm, something would happen to derail the Texans. So I think it was an unfortunate season. Um, obviously, a, a lot's happened since the end of last season. It'll be interesting to see what you think is going to happen in the season forthcoming. Uh, let's get to the Jags. Uh, I don't want to spend too long without talking about them. Uh, Patrick, uh, one and five. 15 rather, uh, 1-5, um, 1-15, obviously got the first pick in the NFL draft, just just gone. Um, so obviously it wasn't the best statistically season, but how do you look back on it? How do you feel about it? How do you feel it sets you up? Yeah, I think to understand last season, you have to go back to the season before that. So we dropped 80 million quid on Super Bowl winning, Super Bowl MVP um, Nick Foles to be our quarterback <laughs> oh, for dear. the next five years and he was absolute trash garbage um, got replaced after being injured by um, a sixth round draft pick no one had ever heard of called Gardner Minju out of uh, Washington and the guy went six and six which no one expected in a fairly kind of mediocre roster and then somehow we miraculously offloaded Foles to the desperate Bears who seemed to go through a terrible quarterback a season uh, in the summer and Gardner Minshew becomes QB1 and you think, right, well, there's two ways this can go now. Either they're tanking behind some sixth round draft pick they don't believe in or they think they've got the next Tom Brady and they're going to build around him and we're going to build a dynasty and it's going to be fantastic. And obviously that's what your heart wants. And then you look at the moves they made in the summer before last season and you think, I mean, they have pretty much decimated the secondary they haven't really added any pieces on the offense. They've released the RB1 six days before the season started and replaced him with nothing. So it became fairly clear that they were not planning to try to win too much next season and to be replacing Minshew with a high round, a high round one draft pick quarterback. Um, and you could argue they did that successfully, but they did it at the cost of basically the entirety of the front office and the coaching staff. Um, and yeah, we are where we are now. I'm kind of more optimistic for the future than I expected to be this time last season, but I feel like Minshew got dealt a very bad hand and has been treated really poorly by the team. I completely agree. I love a bit of Gardner Minshew in my life. Um, he may not be the best quarterback in the world ever, but I do think he also has been slightly stitched up by the pieces that are around him. I was actually just digging out his stats. Um, so I was glad that you mentioned him. Uh, he was actually tied for 20th in touchdown um, passes uh, for last season. And he only played nine games, um, which is pretty impressive considering there's going to be some of those 
players that started every game at quarterback, um, and they're going to be below where Minshew was. I mean, he probably had to throw the ball a lot, given how the games went. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I, he also only intercept, uh, threw five interceptions, which, again, in nine games is not bad compared to some of the quarterbacks that are also going to be starting in this division, notably yeah. Carson Wentz for the Colts. So um, I definitely don't think he's the worst in the division. He could be the best I imagine he's going to become the backup with Trevor Lawrence. Um, he could be the best backup in the NFL, I guess time will tell. I mean, that's what I'm hoping for, but it feels like they've brought in CJ Bethard to uh, replace him and are looking to him as a trade piece. And that move sort of makes sense if you trade him first. Once you've drafted, once you've traded for his replacement and got that guy in the roster, Minshew's just a clear dead weight piece they don't want anymore. And it's, it's, yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing in that regard. It's very strange. I cannot believe what I've just heard. Gardner Minshew, the best backup in the division. He's not going to be the best backup in Jacksonville, for crying out loud. Does that mean you're a big Tebow fan, Nate? God, my God, no. No, I'd rather have Jake Luton. Oh, bless him. He ran for one good touchdown. That's a joke. That's a joke. They're all shit and they can all fuck off. <laughs> don't, I don't want any of them. Even Carson Wentz? I just, just wait until he puts the absolute hurting on the Titans. It's going to be a well, bloodbath. I mean, and it's not going to be Wentz blood. It's going to be... I mean, I just, I just think to those years of Peyton Manning and then he goes and yeah. he gets replaced by Andrew Luck. So we've got to face years of Andrew Luck. Um, now we've had a year of Philip Rivers, and we're going to have a year of Carson Wentz. It's not quite the same. You know, I don't. I don't have the fear that we used to have every single time we face the Colts. How many times did you beat Andrew Luck? You didn't, did you? Uh, you're not going to beat Wentz either. It's going to be beautiful. It's coming back. Look, look, look. Seriously, the last time he was behind a good offensive line, which was one season, he got sacked like five times and he played 16 games. He got sacked like five times. It's incoming. It's going to happen. We're going to kill. We're just going to kill it. We're going to slay the division and the Titans are going to suck. I, I was going to go somewhere else with that, but I, I'm going to hold back a little bit for later. <laughs> I look forward to that. We might not beat Andrew Locke many times, but we definitely beat him up enough times. Yeah, you absolutely did beat him, uh, beat him up a lot. And for all I can say to that is fuck Ryan Grigson. <laughs> Yeah, I think Wentz was good before he had PTSD. You're not playing the Titans till week three, so you probably <laughs> wouldn't have to beat Wentz. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, Quentin Nelson's just going to eat, eat anybody that goes anywhere near him and it's going to be fine. Pancake, pancakes for everyone, <laughs> mate. <laughs> oh, to, to be fair, I mean, you know, if, if Carson Wentz is going to face the Titans and you know, last year's defence would have been the perfect one for him to face um, where you know, the the Titans weren't able to get any pressure on any quarterback in the entire league. Um, I mean, I'm I'm hoping something's changed. Um, you know, this this guy, uh, he might have hapless credentials, but Autry <laughs> to come in and help. Um, you know, he's he's finally going to get on a decent team to uh, to do some damage. Um, Bud Dupree as well. Um, you know, it's... He, he, Autry's a very good pickup, but it's not going to matter because he's. Because the Colts, Colts offensive line are just going to shut everything that you've got down. You've 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 not really got better on defense. You've kind of sidestepped into more mediocrity, and I can't wait to punish it. <laughs> I I sort of fear a little bit that you might be right, um, but we'll see. <laughs>
Well, let's, we start talking about some of the uh, transactions that have happened since the end of last season. So let's uh, let's have a bit more of a, a deep dive at each of the teams. Uh, we've just been on the Jags. Let's stay with the Jags, actually. Um, so Oli mentioned that they drafted Trevor Lawrence number one overall in the first round of the draft recently. They also drafted Travis Etienne, um, which I think is how you say it, not how they said it on the draft night, but um, there you go. I'll, I'll argue about something about that with someone um, who was a running back, which you know, already mentioned about uh, changes in the running back room over the last few years. Uh, brought back Tim Tebow, which of course has already been uh, mentioned. You can't help but mention it. The memes are strong. The memes are already strong and it's just going to be all season. He's, he's just going to be one giant walking, dropping meme machine, isn't he? He is. He is. Um, they declined their fifth-year option on defensive tackle Raven Bryan. Uh, they also signed Carlos Hyde, um, whilst cutting Raquel Armstead, who unfortunately missed the entirety of last season on the COVID list, um, which is you know it's a brutal business. Um, but Carlos Hyde could be a nice pickup for them. Also signed Shaq Griffin at corner uh, and Marvin Jones, who's a wide receiver who most people know from the Lions. Um, those are some of the key ones that I picked up. Patrick, is anyone I've missed? Any one of those that you're particularly excited about for the new season? That's a pretty good summary. Uh, we signed 26 players before the draft, which was pretty massive. Um, key ones, as you say, Carlos Hyde, um, probably RB3 now is that kind of big uh, short yardage power back that you kind of need. Uh, I'm excited to have Marvin Jones in because he kind of fits a, a niche supporting DJ Chark as that big stretch the field threat receiver. Uh, Rashawn Jenkins from the Chargers at safety is a really big pickup, I think, because it was a position of pretty massive weakness last season and um, as well as drafting Andre Sisco, who's going to be a really good pickup if he can stay fit. Um, those two together really improve that secondary no end and that was a big weakness last year uh, and as you say Shaq Griffin is a good pick up to uh, really fill out that um, that cornerback linebacker sort of slot so yeah we're, we're looking better on defense while still being very young um, they've picked up a lot of defensive line pieces none of whom really stand out statistically so their the, the, the lack of pass rush we had last season may well be maintained and that that's a concern yeah, I get that. I, I do think they've done good work, though, in this offseason. Obviously, having some of the draft capital they did does give you a chance to build for the future, but that's no guarantee, as we've seen so many times teams make random picks. Um, the Raiders love a random pick, for example. They, I think they could have 10 picks in the first round and pick a whole load of second rounders. So, um, you know, I think they've made some good picks, picked up some good free agents, and, yeah, I think they've... Definitely got potential to grow for this new season compared to where they were in this season just gone. Yeah, it certainly seems like a long-term rebuild, not a short-term rebuild, which is kind of what you'd expect, you know. I'm not expecting next season to be more than like a six-win season, but if we can build that up to a challenging for playoffs in years two, three of um, Trevor's rookie deal, so much the better. That seems like a sensible way to try and do your business. It's always it's always a uh, target for me to shit on the Jaguars, but they've done really amazing work, I think, in the f- in free agency. Um, like regardless of how many of those twenty six make the cut and, and start the season on that on the roster, I think the big some of the big areas they really needed to improve on, which let's not let's make no bones about it, was everywhere except James Robinson. I think uh, they've made they've done some really good work, and 
I would love to dump on it, but I think um, I think they're going to be a lot more dangerous, particularly on offense. Defense, other than Shaq Griffin, defense, defense, they should still be a team that you can hurt. But you know, like you said, it's a it's a long term rebuild, not a short term rebuild. The Marvin Jones signing, I think, is really good um, for the, for the Jaguars because obviously the I guess the the first read is going to be Chark, so that's where most of the coverage is going to go. Um, but you know, you you probably can't leave Marvin Jones you know, un, uncovered, so it's going to free up Chark and it's going to take some of the pressure off of him. Um, and then also uh, some of the guys out of the backfield will will then you know be handed more more ability to you know catch them on the short routes. Um, and then and then obviously, oh. Tebow will will have 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 a say in there. I'm sure at some point, although whether he catches anything, who knows? So I, I'm just listening to you talking about uh, Marvin Jones allowing DJ Chark to get uncovered. Um, so just replace those names in your head with AJ Brown and Julio Jones. You know, I'm not saying it's it's nailed on, but um, just just imagine that as a comparison. Yeah, the problem is the idiot throwing the ball to him, isn't it? Whoa, whoa, hang on, hang on. Are you uh, throwing shade at um, Mr. Ryan Tannehill? Because um, I imagine if you are, the only possible reason for that would be that, like anybody else who haven't watched the Titans, I can only assume that's the, that's the reason you're doing it. Um, in a lot of people's heads, <laughs> he's the Dolphins version of Ryan Tannehill. You know, if you'd actually watched any Titans football in the last couple of years, and I'm guessing that's at least two games per year, you'd see that he's, he's slightly different. Yeah, it, it it was a little bit of a be afraid. It was yeah, it was a little bit of a, a sort of throwaway comment about him. Um, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll come to my reasoning as to why he might Did be I on bite? a decline. I think I may have been. Yeah, yeah. We, we're 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 one for one on that one now, Adam. <laughs> let's hear your reasoning. Uh, let's let's save that for the questions later because I've got a question for you, Graham. Is there something you want to add on this? Yeah, um, I have no belief in Tarnhill whatsoever without that big back behind him. I, I, I could play that position exactly the same as Tannehill if I had Derek Henley behind me. Well, So I, I'm not on the hype train for him. I still think he's garbage. Garbage might be a little strong. Uh, it's, it's, it's not taken very long for this to unravel, has it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's far more cutthroat than the AFC East episode. <laughs> I mean, just talk amongst yourselves. I'm just going to dig up some Ryan Tannehill stats um, for you. Bear with me. We, we better talk amongst ourselves for a while. That's going to be a long <laughs> dig. I love how I love how this has gone from a chat about the uh, Jaguars off season to Ryan Tannehill bashing. It's fantastic. Let, let's wrap up the Jags. We can, we'll come back to the Titans again in a sec, if you like, Adam. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Um, let's, let's go to the Texans. Um, so the Texans only had four picks in the draft that's just passed. First pick, they went with Davis Mills, who's a quarterback in the third round. Um, interesting for the quarterback room in general. Um, I'm not sure if I can say they bolstered the quarterback room, but they traded for Ryan Finley and picked up Jeff Driscoll. Um, so they've got quite a few quarterbacks on the books now. Um, obviously, there's that big question mark over to Sean Watson. Will he be able to play in this forthcoming season or not? Uh, they... Picked up Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram, um, who are both running backs, I'm sure many of you are familiar with, um, and at times have both been fantastic players to have in teams. Um, you know, teams with winning seasons that could go a lot further than they probably did at the time. They did lose Will Fuller, who I mentioned about before. Uh, and they also cut Darren Fells, who's a player that at the time 
was rather productive for the Texans, so I thought that was a bit of a, a strange one, personally. Um, any that you feel I've missed, Graham? Any that you're worried about, excited about? Um, well, I think is it uh, Ryan Finlay's already gone. I think he was released. Oh, has he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was a, there was talk about that. Like nobody knew what he'd done. They reckoned he'd put his uh, cleats on the wrong way around. Um, he had the wrong practice jersey on. He fell asleep in a meeting. Yeah, but he. Uh, You're right. He was, less, less than twenty four hours ago, he was cut. Yeah, yeah. Five days after was it we signed? Who was the other? Um, Jeff was it? Yeah, yeah Jeff, Jeff Bristol. And then five days later, I think we released um, Brian Finlay. Um, so that's one less person in the quarterback room. Right. Um, but as for anyone else, I think we signed about 400 linebackers as well in the offseason. Um, obviously, need to bolster the linebacker position. So we just signed everyone. Um, I, I don't know if... Well, Nick's obviously a school GM. He knows that you're only allowed 53 men in the final roster. But that practice squad's going to be really defensive-minded. Um, but if you if you look around, like the tight ends, I think we've got seven of them just now on the books. Um, Fells, I think he went back. He went back to the Lions, didn't he? I think that's his second stint there. Um, I like Fells, big body tight end, but you know you've got Aikens and you've got like Farrell Brown. If you watched him last season, he he was like his yards after contact were actually what I think has secured him a role uh, this season. You know, he, he was a banger. Like, he when, when when he made first contact with a tackle, it, it was usually not that guy that brought him down. You know, so tight end ways, I think we're okay in, in that respect. But obviously it's bad to lose Will Fuller. Huge, huge, you know, he was fit this year this past season. I think that was the big thing that stood out. I know we talked about the... You know, he puts up stats and stuff, but he was always he was injury prone. But this season, he, this past season, wasn't injury prone. Um, people then discussed was that the peds, you know, what 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 changed that. But I think Miami's really gotten a good guy there, you know. Um, but I think it was Brandon Cooks restructured his contract to make some wiggle room for some guys to come in. So that shows Cooks' commitment to the Texans. And I like Cooks, you know, he's a speed guy and stuff. He banged about the league for a wee bit, you know, took concussions and stuff. But I like Cooks. I like Cootie. Uh, Isaiah Cooter, you know, he was slated to play a few games last year, but he seemed to drop down the, the depth chart a, bit, a wee bit. I don't know if they thought he was game ready. So, yeah, and the running backs, Mark Ingram. Yeah, yeah. Great locker room guy. Uh, I think that's probably going to be needed this season. I think he was actually signed probably because he's quite good mates with Deshaun Watson. And, and at the start of the whole trade discussion thing, they, they probably brought him in because he was like uh, a positive influence on the guy. You know, they wanted, they wanted to surround him with people he liked, although they fired everyone that he liked. You know, it was kind of like the duality of the Texans. Like, yeah, let's just fire everyone that you like and keeps you happy, but then we'll sign some new people that will make you even happier. And I think by that time he was already gone. Philip Lindsay, I know his numbers kind of come down a bit from his, his, his first season, but still a young guy. So 
fresh start, new team, you know, that it might just be that juice that he needs to get him going. And with Mark Ingram beside him chattering in his lug every two minutes, I'm sure I'm sure that'll G him up on the sidelines and David He'll be keen to run away. Yeah. Yeah, you know you, you know what I mean? So uh, I I I think there's been some good sign ins. Um, they're maybe not like the blockbuster ones. We've let a lot of blockbuster names leave and maybe haven't quite, you know, we've let all the jersey sellers leave or traded them away for peanuts. Um, so we're, I don't think we've really pulled in anyone who's quite on that level. But if, if you're in a rebuild, you've you've got to start with some sort of foundation. So I think that's where we're at. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I still think there's some productive players on that team. Um, I think Lindsay and Ingram, they were both mishandled by their franchises last year, in my opinion. Um, you know, Lindsay was unfortunate in that Melvin Gordon got signed Broncos and then became the automatic one. Um, Mark Ingram obviously sort of lost his job slowly but surely as it became more of a committee. And then... Um, the rookie whose name's just fallen out of my head for the Ravens sort of to start taking the job. Um, so I think they've got something to sort of prove this year. So I think they'll be they'll be productive. Um, and Brandon Cooks as well. Um, you know, he he's shown at least to a level everywhere he's been, he's able to put points on the board. Uh, so I've got nothing against Brandon Cooks at all. I think he's still going to be one of the best players uh, on the offense for the Texans. The big question mark, of course, is who's throwing to him. Can't answer that. It's not going to be no. Sean. It's. Not, I don't think he's going to play all year. I. Th- I think he's going to end up in the commissioner's naughty list, and he's going to be out for the season. I think he's already declared he's not turning up for OTAs because he still wants out of Houston. So I, I, I really can't see him being the guy. It's. Go- I think it's going to be Tyrod. Quite possibly. I think um, everyone's going to have to fear playing Tyrod Taylor when they come to NRG. I can't wait for that. <laughs> It's been it's it's been such such a horrible horrible few years with Andrew Luck's demise um, to see such a wonderfully gifted quarterback absolutely slinging it for a rival, um, and the fact that the Texans have mishandled, regardless of all the other shit off the field, if he's guilty, if he's innocent, I don't know, I don't care, I do care if he, if he's done it. He's a prick and he can fuck off. But, you know, whatever. It's by the by at the moment. It's horrible watching someone so good play for one of your rivals, even though you love to watch them play football. Um, so to go from Deshaun Watson to Tyrod Taylor, who I don't hate Tyrod Taylor, but, you know, I wouldn't want him as my quarterback. No. No. Uh, I, I'd have been actually happier if they went out and brought Fitzmagic back, you know, genuinely, because I, I didn't even mind his first stint in Houston. You know, like I, I remember being at the game in, in uh, NRG when he, he threw one of the touchdowns to JJ Watt in the end zone against the Titans. Fitz, Fitzpatrick, though, he's, he's one of those. He's a QB. He can win a game from anywhere. And you don't you don't feel that with Tyrod Taylor, do you? Um, there are some, some ways you just think you know, how do, someone who's going to get you out of a hole or or come up with something from nowhere. I'd, I'd rather have Fitz. I completely agree. It, the problem with I think the problem with Fitz though is he's going to lose you as many as he wins you. That's why. That's why. That's why he doesn't. That's why. That's why he doesn't <laughs> get the run in any way. You know, he goes in, 
he finally looks like he's got a starting job and then they bench him for tour, you know? Fitz Winston. <laughs> but if your season's gonna if your season's gonna be in the pan anyway, would it not be more entertaining? Oh fuck yeah. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. But I mean for me it's gonna be much more entertaining <laughs> yeah. with Tyrod there. Right? Yeah. No. <laughs> not for I don't me. think it's good for the division. Tyrod <laughs> Taylor is like a seat warmer. <laughs> he just gets brought in by teams to say this drafted quarterback is not our number one yet. Uh, he goes out, he plays two games, he's subpar constantly, and they go, oh, yeah, let's just throw the rookie in. What's the worst that could happen? And then the rookie's great, and they go, all right, see you later, Tyrod. And then Tyrod's like, okay, yeah, who's who's next? Who's who's just drafted like in the top 10, a quarterback that might be a bit shaky? Um, I'll go there. So, yeah, he's not a player that's going to win the Texans many games, if any. Yeah, once he gets booted, what he does is that like walk from the Incredible Hulk at the end to the really sad music as he leaves the stadium, you know, looking over his shoulder with his little stick and his, his handkerchief with all the stuff in it. I've made way for another rookie, he says. Exactly, exactly. Uh, let's move on to the Colts. Um, so, Nate, your Colts, they signed Eric Fisher at left tackle during free agency to replace the retired Anthony Costanzo. Uh, they drafted Quitty Pay, defensive end, in the first round of the draft. That's on. I know you were very happy with. Uh, their fifth-year uh, option was picked up on Quentin Nelson, unsurprisingly, um, as one of your favourite players. Uh, they re-signed T.Y. Hilton, a wide receiver, Marlon Mack, a running back, and Xavier Rhodes, a cornerback, who, as you mentioned before, had a better season than I think most people expected. Uh, the big one, of course, which has already come up as well, was around losing Philip Rivers to retirement um, and trading for Carson Wentz, who was out of favour in Philly. How do you feel it's been? Is there anyone that I've missed? Um, do you feel you've set yourself up for the new season appropriately? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, other than other than the fact that Danico Autry has moved across to Tennessee, um, I think you've covered it off pretty pretty well there. I'm disappointed to lose it. Oh, sorry, and uh, Anthony Walker Jr. who's gone to the Browns. That's a big loss. That's a huge loss. But you know, Darius Leonard's he's going to be the highest paid linebacker in a, in the league in a couple of years, rightly so. And he's he'll be a uh, he's I'm sure he'll get get some help there soon. Hopefully, but, you know what a stud. Um, I'd, I'd like to just you've put that we lost Philip Rivers to retirement. I don't think we've lost him. I think I think he uh, he's he's not a loss to the league really. Um, he was serviceable last year, but not not a he wasn't a long term option. Um, I'll talk about Carson Wentz later, as a as I know you've you've got something juicy lined up for me. Um, Ty Hilton, I'm glad that he's stuck around, even if it's just that we're never going to see him in another you know like a rivals shirt or another shirt. Like he's a he's a Colts guy. I'm delighted for him. And if he can if he can carry on instilling the the Colts ethos into the young guys, it's a great it's a great move. Um, and I'm sure he'll score at least three touchdowns against the Texans. So I'll be happy there. Um, Marlon Mack um, was a bit of a strange re-signing. I think he was kind of on a prove it maybe not a prove it year, but like he was on a he was on a annual annual renewal. Um, yeah, and then did his Achilles two or three snaps into the season, which was. A shame, but then you know, oh, we got Jonathan Taylor out of it, so you know, never mind, so sort of thing. But again, I think you know he'll he'll share some of that workload with Jonathan Taylor, 
who we don't want to go down the Derrick Henry route where he's going to retire five years before he should because he's the only one doing anything. Um, and then uh, Xavier Rhodes, uh, cornerback, he had a really horrible situation in Minnesota where he had a new system to play in um, and um, it was the wrong system for him where you know he's, he's come over to the Colts and he's slotted into a system that, that brings out the best in him. Quentin Nelson, I don't even need to talk about the dude. He's the best lineman in the league and he's going to keep shutting everybody up and eating them for breakfast. Uh, I'm really delighted with Quitty Pay. Uh, I think he was at, at 21. I think he was the best player on the board and it's ridiculous that he uh, he fell that far. Um, he's an absolute animal. He's like, he's like six foot six or seven and you no know, faster than anybody that size has any right to be. So that it's a huge upgrade in the pass rush department and then uh eric fisher um i would have liked a couple of the other guys that were available earlier on but i think for the money and for you know for the guy he's still if he can recover from that achilles injury which although like i've said before like, the achilles injury is the worst one to almost try and come back from because it just doesn't it seems to never successfully happen um those are always for really like explosive players um like marlon mack um, so I, I'm hoping that he can recover from that that injury. Um, but you know, you, whoever you put in next to Quentin Nelson is going to be elevated. Just hope, just hope he can recover and stay healthy for a season. I, I expect him to be a one year. He's got he's got a two year, it's a second year option. Well, I think he's just, he signed a two year deal, um, but that second year will be voided. It's fully to to, to fiddle the cap that one and I would assume because we didn't get anyone in the offensive line no one fell to us that we loved I would assume that that will be our target next year in the draft or you know free agency if something mad happens I think that's an unnecessary amount of shade thrown on future Hall of Famer Philip Rivers um, at the beginning of your monologue there Uh, he's been a fantastic player in this league for a number of years he still had, you look statistically, he still had a fantastic season last year. Um, I don't want to go into too, too much into it because so I'm going to try and challenge you on it when we start looking to the new season. But I think losing Philip Rivers is a loss. And I think um, he could still easily do a job in a number of NFL teams. In fact, Graham, you may disagree, but I'd rather have Philip Rivers than Tara Taylor or any of the, any of the quarterbacks that are currently in your QB room personally. No, I would agree. I, I totally agree with that. Um, it's a loss for the league, Philip Rivers, Stephen. It's a loss for uh, Mike Up, who all this trash talking. Absolutely. I, I take it back. Philip Rivers, Mike Up is phenomenal. For someone who's never said a curse word, his trash talking is elite. The guy is an absolute star with his mouth, but I can't watch his throwing action anymore. It makes me want to vomit. I also feel sorry for his wife when we're retiring because I think they've already got 14 kids or something. So, you know, I can only imagine how many is going to be left. That's now. why he doesn't swear. He's not been able to swear yeah. for like probably about two, three decades. He might have time to go and get his vasectomy finally. I was going to say, I saw a clip of him head coaching recently. So perhaps if the Texans do pick him up, that's where they should pick him up. Nah, I didn't want him in, in Indy. I'm actually happy and surprised like how good he was. But it was a one-year option thing, and the organisation has said that has thrown their lot in with uh, Wentz, and I'm going to back it all the way because 
Ballard and Reich know more than all of us put together about football. So I'm going to trust them. Yeah, and, and the thing is about the Wentz thing is whilst I don't think it'll work out because of what's happened to him at the Eagles, it's a pretty cheap trade and cheap deal. So it's a low risk that you're taking on him with a quite high ceiling. Fuck, yeah, so cheap. The, the floor may be concerningly low, but the ceiling is so unbelievably high. If he can recapture some of that MVP form, and I will repeat, behind the best defensive line, fucking let's go, boys. Okay, well, let's uh, move on to last but not least. We have um, the AFC South current champs, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, lost quite a few players when I was going through um, doing a bit of research for this. I'm not sure I could do all these in one breath, so I'll take a few breaths. Uh, lost Johnny Smith, tight end. Uh, Corey Davis, wide receiver. Lost Javian Clowney on defence. Lost Stephen Gostowski, although I'm not sure if he was actually still the number one kicker come the end of the season because he did have some absolute horror games. Uh, Malcolm Butler, cornerback uh, uh, Adam Humphreys, also wide receiver. Um, looking at who they've had joined the team, they've signed uh, Janoris Jenkins, who's been around the league for quite a while now. Uh, Bud Dupree, who you mentioned previously, Adam. And um, one of the standout draft picks was Caleb Farley, cornerback, uh, who I've read quite a lot about Caleb Farley and Obviously, he'd been injured uh, prior to the draft. But a lot of people were very high on him um, and with the potential that he could have gone significantly higher. I know you got him at 22, which is pretty high anyway, uh, but could be a real player for the Titans this coming season. How do you think it's uh, shaping up for the new season for you? I mean, you you are dead right. Um, when you, start, you start listing players that, um, have gone elsewhere on, or been released, um, and it, it does seem to be alarming. Um, you know, on both sides of the ball, um, on defense, as I touched on already, um, there's there's a clear strategy to clear a lot of the roster, um, you know, replace areas areas that were struggling. You know, I'm not I'm not going to pretend that they weren't. Um, there was zero pass rush in 2020. Um, not having Dean Pease as you know, a the coordinator from 2019 who's retired and then mysteriously come out of retirement. Um, but that, that was a big miss. Um, and I, I suspect he, he masked some issues with excellent coaching. Um, but you know, it, as I say, it remains to be seen whether the, the blame is on the roster or the coaching, it could well be a bit of both. Um, so I, I, I understand why there's been a lot of chopping and changing um, letting, however, on offense, letting Corey Davis and Johnny Smith both walk, um, feels like it's there's going to be a step back there um, with receiving talent. Um, John o. Smith, I get because New England offered a large amount of money and too much um, for that position. As much as I love John o. Um Corey Davis, though, I find a, a little harder to understand given what the, the Jets didn't pay silly money to pick him up. Um, but neither have been replaced yet, um, even in the draft. And so there's this big Julio Jones shaped hole. Um, you know, maybe when this podcast is released, um, we'll, we'll know where he's heading. He's certainly not sticking around in Atlanta. Um, but on the face of it, and it's AJ Brown and um, Reynolds from the, the Rams who we've picked up, um, it, it looks thin at receiver. Um, sticking, sticking on offense for a moment, um, Derek Henry, Nate, you know, you, you think that he's run into the ground. Um, and that the Titans are, 
are using him, and he, he's he's going to retire. He's, he's he's still he's still only twenty. He's still only twenty seven. Um, and I don't think these normal running back rules apply to him. Um, he it doesn't matter. Um, how many? You, well, you don't hit Derek Henry. He hits you. That's that's the first thing. Um, the way he plays, he's he just. I mean, I don't want to jinx anything. He's durable, but also he hasn't been the Titans' number one back the whole time he's been there. It's only actually been two or three years with him as the main guy you know, behind Demarco Murray, even Dion Lewis briefly. Um, so he was he was a number two for quite a while. I, there were a lot of miles left in that tank. As for Ryan Tannehill, well. Let's let's revisit that. Um, Thirty-three <laughs> touchdowns and seven interceptions in twenty twenty. Does that how does that sound to you? Because that's the record of both Deshaun Watson and Ryan Tannehill in twenty twenty. Um, fourth highest QBR rating in the entire league. Now that rating is kind of a bit odd, um, but it does cover various metrics. Um, yeah, as I said, if you if you don't rate Tannehill. You've not been watching him in this in this past two years, um, so if that if that's if that's the attack that we're going to have, attack attack the lack of pass rush that the Titans have got, or the <laughs> yeah flaky secondary, um, do that. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill, I have no concerns whatsoever. Um, onto the, onto the draft and yeah, an, an opportunity you would think to maybe fill some holes at receiver, tight end, um, haven't really done that. I mean, Des Fitzpatrick at receiver is a fourth round pick. I mean, it looks like there might be an upside, but you know, the, the hope isn't on him. Um, but Caleb Farley, um, as a, as a first round pickup at cornerback, um, it fills a big hole. I mean, we've, yes, we've let Malcolm Butler go, um, Logan Ryan the previous year, there are holes there, uh, but it's an enormous talent. There's that injury risk, as you say. And two years ago, we kind of did the same thing with Jeffrey Simmons. Um, John Robinson, the Titans GM seems to be a guy who likes to, gamble a bit on the on the high round picks and you know if, if sometimes they come off sometimes they don't that's just how it goes and it it might not work but if he if he hits top levels of fitness and it you know, doesn't have any more back issues the, the ceiling is absolutely massive um jeffrey simmons touchwood that might come off from two years ago asai wilson other issues one year ago he's not even on the team now um so it doesn't always work and but yeah, On fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, f- fingers crossed. This one does. Um, it's it's been a bit, as, as I say, a bit of an odd off season. Um, this commitment to the coaching staff that everything's well there um, by giving them a chance to prove that a different, largely different roster on defense can fix things. Um, it remains to be seen whether that's the case, and that's that's going to be the biggest test going forward for us. I I think the pickup with Caleb Farley was 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 uh, a great move for you guys like you said it feels it fills that hole um he could have been a he could have been you know going around the 10 11 12 mark had he had he not picked up that injury so he's definitely a massive player that you've that you've, you've got in there um I, I just want to caveat what i said about Derek henry um and again i'll come on to why i think <laughs> um Tannehill is going to drop drop Again, a little bit later, but the Henry Henry thing. If I if I'm wearing my Colts hat, that's what I want to happen, right? I don't necessarily think it's going to. But if I'm wearing just my my, I'm a foot fan of football. I want to see him running two thousand yards at just stiff arming everything in his path um, for the next ten years. Do I think it's 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 going to happen? Absolutely not. 
I don't think you know. I don't think this season's where we're going to see him fall off a cliff. But you know, if 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 any, if anything that we've seen is it's a fucking physical game, and it doesn't take many years of you hitting people or being hit with that level of physicality for injuries to set in and people to fall apart. Yes, he's a freak of nature, but like even like you know Brock Lesnar's a freak of nature. He still got beat the fuck up and couldn't wrestle for years, or couldn't you know fight in the UFC for years because he was beat the fuck up. It happens, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think we've seen the general trend in the NFL is that what you want is an offense with multiple different ways it can attack, so it's unpredictable. And my concern, if I was a Titans fan, is that it looks like my team's got more one-dimensional rather than less one-dimensional. It's got less Absolutely. ways it can hurt you going forward, so that would be a worry. It, I mean, it, although better, less ways than no ways, which is what we had last season. <laughs> that, that's a fa- it's, it's a fair point because of yeah of that dearth of talent at receiver. I mean, AJ Brown apart, obviously that goes without saying. And I, and I do feel that there's there's a strategy to leave a hole there for a big name, and I'm, I'm sure that's still the plan. It's just whether it comes off. Um, again, and again, it kind of goes back to Ryan Tannehill. Um, it, the Titans might seem one-dimensional, but when you've got that threat, um, it just opens up so much more. Um, and it, I don't, you, he might not have as much talent to throw to, um, but I don't think there'll be a big drop-off um, in that in that res- respect. Um, uh, potentially some offensive lineman improvements as well um, in both in both the draft. Or, I mean, Taylor Luan, who had a, an ACL early last season, he'll hopefully be back to back fit and firing um huge presence anyway um, but i don't i don't see a huge drop off on offense despite, despite that it's as i say the de- the defense causes me more concern um, many more question marks there i i generally can't see the the, the titans and I, I know i'm speaking as a texan here and and I, I know i like the analogy the king is dead with, with king henry but i really i, I really can't like teams are, are, the more seasons go on, and, and if you keep attacking teams the same way you attack them all the time, which the Titans have been doing the last couple of seasons, you know, they attack with Henry. It's just like a blunt force trauma attack. I can't see when, when that gets stopped, I, I don't see Tannehill being the quarterback that will that will take a game on his shoulders and win it through the air. That's, that's how I don't see Tannehill. I, I think that was seen in the Ravens game. Like, I think the Ravens quietened Henry for a huge spell that game. Um and Tannehill couldn't he couldn't find ways to win it. And I, I, I thought that um Lamar Jackson wasn't particularly good in that game. The Ravens game was weird and it I mean uh, this this goes back to what I said I th- I mean I this is just my opinion obviously this is all this is all this is um, but when when your defense yeah. means that you have to score regular huge points. Um, and even when you've got Derek Henry to lean on, um, at times you're gonna have to you're gonna have to rely on your quarterback. And largely Tannehill's been up to that. Um he has won a lot of those games that have been put on his shoulders. Um it's yeah, it's it's simply untrue to say that he hasn't. Um he didn't do it in Ravens game in the playoffs. And that's that's football. You know, it's it's not it's it's knockout. That's what happens. And um, but when Weirdly, in that game, the defense did step up, which, in a in a funny way, it, it I don't I don't think it was the the game plan at all. Um, 
the game plan was to score a lot more points and and expect to need to. It's it yeah, yeah it does, I know I know it, it it it's all very strange, but um that was more of an, an anomaly than what normally happens with him. Um and it's seeing you know, against I mean Derek Henry ran all over the Texans the the two times we played, but he's not done that. He does that a lot. Um, and teams, a lot of teams can't stop him. Um, but Tannehill has stepped up regularly when when teams have, um, or even you know even existed as a decoy at times. You you say you say that the uh, that it, it happened. It didn't happen in the uh, in the the game against the Ravens. But I tell you what, it did happen when the Colts came to Tennessee and and, and beat you. Derrick Henry, nineteen carries, one hundred and three yards, no touchdowns. Darius Leonard and Julian Blackman that day both absolutely annihilated him he averaged 5.4 yards um which was you know relatively relatively small for such a weapon and then Tannehill 147 yards and one it's a hundred hundred yard game 5.4 yards is a is a poor one yeah but but he didn't win you know (laughs) but that's what I'm saying like that that tells it you you expect you, you expect you expect a lot more from 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 the guy, you know, he was he was getting pulled down by Julian Blackman, who's literally a third of the dude's size, and he was doing it regularly. And then, you know, okay, so it's a hundred yard game. It's not a poor game, but he he was your main out there, and it came to absolutely nothing. He he he, he contributed no points um, to that game, and Tannehill didn't step up and win that game through the air. Uh, Tannehill, you know, fifteen completions off of twenty seven attempts. It was a uh, just you know, I'm just backing up. Uh, Graham here. It, it, it's absolutely what we saw. The there. Titans finished eleven and five. That's that's the exception rather than the rule. Uh, that's that that's all I'm saying. I mean, and winning the division with an eleven and five record, it's it's hard to say <laughs> that that's not the case, um, as you well know. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about the return fixture if you like. <laughs> we we can talk about Ryan Tannehill probably till the cows come home and. I'm sort of in the middle of Ryan Tannehill. I just wanted to let you know that I just dug up a stat on current quarterbacks for most wins with a fourth quarter comeback. Ryan Tannehill was actually seventh amongst active quarterbacks um, with 22 fourth quarter comebacks, sandwiched between uh, Andy Dalton and Derek Carr, which maybe doesn't sound like a good list. Um, but <laughs> the, if you, Elite. Absolutely elite companions. But you have, but like Dalton has been in the league longer. Um, Derek Carr's probably had better teams around him. You have to remember that Tanner Hill was at Miami and did nothing during that time, pretty much. Aside from Dalton, you look yeah. Adam, Adam Gates, it's Adam Russell Gase. Wilson, Matt Ryan, Matt, <laughs> Adam Gates here as well, of course. Um, Matthew Stafford, Big Ben, and Tom Brady. So there's not that many big names ahead of him. He currently sits ahead of Aaron Rodgers. And people that have been in the league much longer, like Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, But that, that's, a, that's, that's a little bit of a warped stat, though, isn't it? Because how many times has Aaron Rodgers been in that position? Nowhere near as many times as Tannehill. I can guarantee that. Potentially. I think, I mean, it. Tannehill does well in those situations, but that's, it's a... It's a fair point. Um, yeah, if you're ahead in every single game and you're dominating every single game, you're not going to get many fourth quarter comebacks. So I, I get that, but it it does it shows that he can put a game on his shoulders and win it and win it win it from a difficult spot. 
still need to do it, yeah. And the Packers' defense quite often is pretty poor. So I reckon Rodgers has probably had quite a few opportunities over the years, a lot of years. In those fourth quarter um, games, that, that winning drive games, if Derek Henry carries the ball for 80 yards and then Tannehill has to throw it in for a five-yard punch, Tannehill will get... He'll get accredited with with the, the the game winning fourth quarter drive when it's had nothing to do with him. They just rode the back of Henry again. They just power football their way all the way down, and then it's been like a play action over into the tight end for the win. So those stats are like totally inflated to me. It's n- it's not like when you see the gunslinger guys who are like Tom Brady, for instance. He's and in his like game winning drives. He'll be two minute drilling that ball all the way down, pick passing all the way down, and it's it's all on his back. See, this is where I think Tannehill falls down. And, like, in 2019, I was at both the Texans' away game in Nashville and the home game in the last game of the season. And we we kind of shut down Henry that day, and Tannehill, he, he wasn't a good quarterback. And then in the return game, we played our third stringers, and it looked like Tannehill and Henry had a field day. So some of these stats are a wee bit of... Like I, 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 there's no denying that Henry's like a beast, but I think the Titans are going to have to be ready for some real physical football this year. I think teams are going to absolutely mash Henry this year. They're fed up of him running over them, and I think the they're going to have to, aren't they? Oh yeah, totally. Like when the, when we played them last year, it, the coaching was on point for the Titans. I think they ran away from JJ ninety percent of the time because he can stand up a guy like Henry. You know, it's it's size for size there. So on the coaching side of things, it's great. You know, pick the, pick the weakest hole in the chain. But if you come up against teams who are more physical right across the board, that's when you come into it. And I think you said the Ravens games anomaly, but they were a physical front right along the line. And that's how Henry found it hard to get going in that game because they, they were like, we're going in here, we're going to match punch for punch here. And and it didn't suit the Titans' style of play because they're the ones used to punching people in the mouth. I mean, the, the Titans beat the Ravens in the regular season. Let's let's not forget um, uh, similar similar personnel. Um, I just I mean uh, the argument doesn't really work with me that teams know about Derek Henry, so they're they're going to work out how to stop him. Well, they they've known about him for a long time. Um, he's he's just gone for two thousand and twenty-seven yards in a season, um, so. Yeah, a bad a bad game against the Colts at 100 yards. He's, yeah, he shut down in the in a playoff game. No, I, I I get all that. Um, but the Titans were 11 and five, won the division. It, it's I'd rather be there. <laughs> I'm just, just just saying that. I mean, it's if if if, if um. Yeah, so it, it, like going back to you, you beat us in overtime because De- Derek Henry got the ball. The, it wasn't it wasn't on Tarnhill, it was because Derek Henry got the ball. Neither, neither neither team could stop the other in that game. I mean, it, that that was just yeah, it was just crazy. I mean, however, however, at, in in Houston in the final game, um, the the winning field goal was from about an eleven second drive from one of the best passes you'll ever see Ryan Tannehill throw. Um, that's that set yeah. that up. Um. Uh, there's, we could be here all night, I suspect, um, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to defend those guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rightly so, you should you should defend them, but please let's please let's stop talking about Tyler Tannehill, fucking Derrick Henry. 
Yeah, so I mean, let's um, let's get some sort of predictions going for the year that's about to start come September. Um, let's stay with the Titans. I was going to sort of start kick us off with a, a question to Adam, but I feel like we talked a lot about uh, Ryan Tannehill there. Uh, we talked about a lot of the things that the Titans have lost going into the season, a lot of personnel, uh, especially in um, wide receiver group. Do you, are you concerned that this is going to result in a slip down the division come the end of the season? Do you think they are playoff bound, to the uh, AFC South champions again, or do you think they're going to mar- narrowly miss out? I think they're playoff bound, but I'm not maybe as confident as I <laughs> I may have sounded, um, <laughs> despite everything I said earlier. Um, they're losing a little bit at wide receiver does concern me a bit. If we fail to land Julio or another another big name there, there's there's a gap. Um, I'm just more concerned on defense um, as you know, we we certainly don't want to talk about Tannehill and Henry anymore. Um, I'm concerned that the change in personnel papers over the coaching cracks um, and they'll be exposed once more. Um, and you know, worst case scenario is that the Titans can't stop anybody again and Henry and Tannehill don't get them out of jail enough. Um, but I think we'll we'll scrape into the playoffs, uh, maybe maybe win the division. Um, there are there's enough uncertainty, I think, from all of you guys. Um, uh, maybe maybe not so much the Colts, but Carson Wentz. I know Nate was Nate's going to talk about, um, but I I don't see him you know, having faith. As I said, having faced Manning and Luck for years, facing Carson Wentz doesn't um, fill me with the same level of fear as I'm as I'm used to. Um, yeah, we've got a chance of winning the division, but I don't. I don't think I don't see an improvement um, on on 2020 necessarily. I don't think we're you know, unless a couple of big names suddenly fall into our laps and the coaching all falls into place. I mean, it could do. There's there's enough talent there. I'm just not necessarily confident that it will. Uh, I've got a I've got a question for you, Adam, um, which is why I was kind of trying to not not lean on my. Uh, disrespect of Tanhill, which I have been a little bit overly critical of. I will I will happily admit that. I'm I'm as I've said, I'm wearing my Colts hat and that's gonna happen. Um for what it's worth, I think he's been fantastic in um Tennessee and it was fully unexpected that he was gonna be this guy, right? Um you've not you've you've you have mentioned about you know losing the weaponry on the on on the offense and how concerning it is, particularly with so little to replace them. But how much is losing Arthur Smith going to be such a such a huge part of what changes on that offense and it, does that lean into your concern as much or maybe more and he's I, feel, I think he's fairly widely recognized as maybe what's turned Tannehill around do you think you may see a bit of a slide because of that or do you think it's more Tannehill than Arthur Smith or you know other guys in that system I think that that's a good question Arthur Smith came from nowhere um, uh, he was he was only coordinator for two years um, before he's he's taken the Falcons job, um, but he he didn't he didn't do anything that crazy or that uh, he he took the team on from from where they were to a certain extent. Um, yes, he can take a lot of credit, um, but another internal appointment, um, another Titans coach um, in Todd Downing. Um, so I I wouldn't expect to see necessarily a vastly different offense in how things look um and yeah again why why would you when you look at the the personnel um it's it's not as much of a concern as um the dc um shall i say um i think that 
Arthur Smith will do a great job in Atlanta. I'm sure he will, and he is he is a loss. But I can see, I think the the whole building, the way they built the coaching staff around him, behind him. There's promotion from within. That's how Arthur Smith got the job in the first place. I think that formula works on offense. I think that's fair. Um, so, Ad, if we're going to push you for a end of regular season standing prediction, how do you think it's going to be? Give us your winner down to fourth um, with a suggested or predicted rather um, record, if you can, please. If you, if you can stretch to the record. <laughs> for, the, for the whole division? Yeah, please. Okay. Um, I think I've changed my mind while recording this podcast. Um, I think the Titans and the Colts will both finish 10 and 6. Um, uh, they're, they're sitting on the fence. <laughs> um, I think the Jags will be next um, at something like 6 and 10. Um, the Texans, who knows? I mean, it's, it's, it'll be a very different proposition if, they, if we, we are facing them without Deshaun Watson and he's just everything to them. Um, and I think if without him... I, I, well, I, I was going to say I hate to say this. I don't hate to say this at all. Um, you know, if, if they're they're going to finish in a three and thirteen type record, and I've also realised that there's seventeen games now, and I hate myself for everything I've just said. <laughs> um, I'm not going to give you the records up, yeah. again. We're waiting. We're waiting to pounce on that one. <laughs> um, yeah. Every, every ties across the division. There you go. Add dash one to all of those. How's that? Um, to finish Great. to finish off the question, are the, the Titans and Colts both both make the playoffs and probably both falter a little bit, similar to similar to twenty twenty. Great. So let's move on to the Colts. Um, quick question for you, Nate. You've already made it perfectly clear that you think that Carson Wentz is an upgrade on Philip Rivers going into this forthcoming season. Uh, Pro Football Focus this week actually did a nice article, which was nicely timed, saying the Indianapolis Colts are already letting down Carson Wentz, uh, reason being that they don't feel they've sufficiently backfilled uh, left tackle and the wide receiving core is too weak for Carson Wentz to carry the team into the playoffs or further. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Sorry, they don't. They, they, they feel like the left tackle isn't good, good enough. Eric Fisher, who's been one of the best in the league for how many years? Sure, sure, yeah. PFF, fuck you, man. Idiots. Um, like they do a lot of good work, but there are obviously morons there. Um, let, let's just let's just forget that that uh, Quentin Nelson can cover two positions: left guard and right fucking tackle, make two blocks, and let Philip Rivers, who's the slowest quarterback in history, get the ball out. Never mind that. He can he can do the fucking job, right? That's pissed me off. Um, wide receiver core now it's been it's been a little bit of a problem for a few years where I I like to think that I take a little bit of a reasoned approach to my opinions of the Colts not always sometimes I'll be like nah you're an idiot this guy's great and he's actually trash we all do it like with uh, Adam and Stanhill but um, I think um, wide receiver wise um, we can always we can always be better we haven't had a headline guy you know T.Y. Hilton's always been not quite elite. He's not. He's never been top tier, a top tier receiver. And as much as I really fucking want him to be, it's just it's too late for the guy. I love Michael Pittman Jr. and I really like Zach Pascal. Um, Desmond Patman, who spent the last year injured, 
I think um, some of his some of his off season videos I've seen of him working with Wentz, it's encouraging. Um, so I think we're largely in the same position at wide receiver we've been in for the last seven eight years, where we've got a good wide receiver core, but we've not got a great wide receiver core. The thing that elevated the wide receiver core was Andrew Luck or was Peyton Manning, you know? Like, Jacoby Brissett was rubbish as a starter for the second half of the season. He was okay for the first half of the season. He was rubbish for the second half of the season. He didn't elevate anybody, uh, except for Eric Ebron. Actually, no, he was good with Luck, forget that. Um, and then um, and then Philip Rivers didn't really elevate anyone. You know, his strange throwing motion, I think, genuinely, receivers were just like, I've got no idea where the ball's going to go. Um I'm being harsh on him. He's he was much better than anybody would have assumed he was going to be. So I think I think it's sort of fair. I don't think the Colts are, at, are are doing anything wrong per se with 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 things. We've we've improved where we needed to improve. I I don't look at a single place that we're weaker. I don't. I I think Wentz behind a good O line can recapture. I've got. I've got to believe it, right? Like I think he can reca- recapture his MVP form, and he's going in behind some of the best offensive linemen in the game. Full stop. Um, regardless of whether Eric Fisher comes comes in and and stays healthy, he's still got four of like four of. I'd say probably four of the top ten or fifteen offensive linemen in the league in front of him. They're like. They're all absolutely incredible players. So I think that's overly harsh. I think it's an overly critical opinion and they're definitely doing it just to fuck me off. Well, we're all happy that it's done that. Um, so great job, guys at PFF. Um, and Colts, what's your... Uh, Colts, <laughs> Nate, what's your predicted standings for the end of the regular season? Okay, so um, I- I'm going to be wildly unpopular here with Adam. Um I think the Colts are going to go eleven and five. Um, sorry, eleven and six. I'm not making an Adams mistake there. Um, I think eleven and six. If Wentz turns up and is good, Wentz again. If he's not good, Wentz again, and it's a whole shit show. That could swing by five. <laughs> I could swing by five or six uh, wins to losses. Um, but you know, I have trust in. I have trust in my organization. I have to because. Why the fuck am I a fan if I don't? Um, I think I think that it's a, eleven and six. I don't think we're really going to improve all that much. I think the building blocks are in place to really improve, but I think this year may be a year year or two too early. I genuinely think the Titans have shut the bed in the off season. I just they they may be a little bit. Oh, I said earlier they've taken a sidestep on. Um, on defense, I don't think they've got better. I don't think they've really got worse on defense too too much. I think they're pretty much the same unit they were, but they're definitely worse on offense at the moment. Um, pen, pending a huge wide receiver pickup, which I I hope doesn't happen. Um, so I'm going to go with a nine and eight at the moment, which is a huge swing. But if they do manage to get somebody in in that wide receiver like a Julio Jones figure, that could be up to as much as 11 and 6. So I think I, I, I think they'll be not too far off where they were. Um, I think the Jags will be 11, 6 and 11. I think they'll win a few more games. And I'm going for the Texans a 0 and 17. They will be the first team to lose 17 games in a season. 
didn't you just say it was me you thought you were going to upset? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, you were far I, off the mark I with did. the Titans, to be honest. Oh, nice, nice one. You know, I, I, I like to try and think that uh, I'm going to piss you off, but I'm glad that you've been more reasonable than I assumed. Thanks, mate. Oh, well, it seems like it's a good opportunity to go to Graham now, actually, um, after, after that claim by Nate uh, that he thinks the Texans are going to 0-17. Just before you give your predictions, um, Graham, you know, we've talked about trans- transition, how the team's um, going for a rebuild at the moment. Significant question mark over to Sean Watson. We probably think he's not going to play next year. If he doesn't play, do you think the Texans are probably one of the favourites to have that number one pick at the draft in 2022? Well, I'm not too, too offended by what was said there because I have read it already this past week. The, the Texans are favourites to have the perfect season, although it be reverse. Um, yeah, I can I can see it being horrible, um, but I I don't know if we're quite going to be the team that gets the like we'll we'll be we'll finish dead last. I, I really don't think that. You know, I think there's still wins to be had, especially where our roster is. Our, our sorry, our schedule isn't as horrible as last season's. It's still difficult, but it's not horrible. Um, and. I think the, the Texans are going to be such an unknown entity this year. For a lot of those teams that are on the bubble of being bad, they might come a cropper against us. Same as we will come a cropper against teams that are on the bubble of being bad. You know, it's going to be one of that tit for tat things and there could be a win or two in there. You know, you're always going to favour yourself. And I know the Jags have, have added a decent quarterback and everything, but, you you know, not, not to... to shit on the Jags or anything, but you're always looking for at least a win there out of the two games, especially this season. Um, and if you look at some of the other teams, like the Jets, you know, you might have a chance against the Jets in there. They were a lot stronger this year than they were last year, though. They've they've had an incredible off-season. Yeah, but it's it's all got to come together, you know? Can, can, can you go from being absolutely horseshit <laughs> to semi-decent in, in the case of one off-season. I think they're, I think their off-season's worth four, maybe five wins. I, there's definitely there's definitely mileage in us getting a win or two in there. I can't see it going zero. I'd be stupid not to say that. Especially if D4's not playing. You know, because the guy can win games on his own. You know, he doesn't actually need anyone else. But I think that the Colts are going to top the division. I've just got a feeling that Wentz is going to be maybe more of a steady ship at quarterback than Gunslinger Rivers. You know, there might be a bit more like brain play there by him. Uh, I think they'll probably finish 10 and 7. And the Titans will be either on the same record with a poorer divisional or they'll be one game back on that. That's just what I think. It's, it's the, the Titans and the Colts to lose this year. For me, it's one of the two is either going to run away with it or it's going to be close and it's going to be nose for nose all the way to the to the last game. And it might come down to a divisional record against everyone else. Uh, Jags will definitely finish above us this year. I think they're going to pick up more wins than us. But I think I can, I can see us coming away with maybe... At, at best, looking at our schedule, you know, six 
at an absolute dreamland. Um, all the games that I'll be in the stands for, they're going to win. I'm just that kind of a lucky charm. You absolute booze hound. Six wins. Yeah. I love you know the optimism. I mean? you, you, but, have to be, you have to have faith. Exactly. You know what? Like, I'm going to be in the stands, so I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have to think that we're going to win, you know? I'm going to be telling every other opposing fan we're going to the Super Bowl. So, I say you know, it just depends how strong the tailgating is. But, uh, yeah, six, absolute dreamland looking at the schedule. You know, a big Thursday night game against the Panthers. You know, who doesn't like playing under the lights at night? <laughs> it's at home. You know, we can, we can turn that. Take a game that we're we're playing the Titans in the last game of the season at home. Titans are rest; they're down their fourth, their fourth string. You know, they've got they've got the kit guys out. You know, they're resting up for the playoffs. So we're taking a win there. Roll, rolling out the uh, delivery drivers as punters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, the 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 guy that goes with you everywhere. You know, the dwarf guy that collects all the balls. He's even getting a start. So that's a win. That's two. So I can pick them up. I can honestly dissect all these games and I can find a way to win. So if you think the Jags are going to finish above the Texans, you think the Texans oh, are going to win six, how many do you think the Jags are going to win? Um, well, that's a dreamland. So the Jags are definitely winning six. But okay. I can see us genuinely winning two. You know, I think that'd be fair. I think that's fair. So, that's fair. Uh, and last but absolutely not least, uh, Patrick, the Jags. Um, the only way is up, really, for them, I guess. Uh, we've all been very complimentary on the call. They're probably the team that's been had the most compliments uh, of their business over the off-season. Um, do you think that they could you know, maybe triple their divisional wins this season? Um, do you think they can win some more outside of the division, too? Yeah, I think I said it earlier. I think we'll go 6-11. I think that'll be good enough for third in the division. I think the uh, Titans will win the division again, going 10-7. and seven. I think they're slightly weaker than last season, but not weaker enough to drop behind the Colts, who I reckon will finish 9-8 and eight in second. I'm not sold on Wentz. What I saw from him at the Eagles last year frightened me. Um, it looks like there's been some psychological damage there, and I'm not sure you can turn that around quickly. So certainly in the first season, it'll take some time to, to rebuild that confidence. Uh, and the Texans, I see finishing around two and fifteen, and they're in that scrap with the Lions for first pick in the draft in twenty twenty. I love the shade being thrown at the Lions. Just that, that was out well out of left field. I know it's so unnecessary, but so necessary at the same time. We, we all know the Lions are going to be there or thereabouts, though, aren't they? They're never getting better. Yeah, I mean they might in like Definitely. four years, but god damn it, they've probably got worse. If anything, um, well. Got by got a better head coach, I guess. Um, and yeah, I think I'm of a similar thought to a lot of you actually. Um, I have the Texans at one and sixteen, but I do. I think you know they're gonna any given Sunday. That could easily be uh, an extra couple. Uh, I have the Jags probably a little bit lower than most of you on four and thirteen. That's still you know a few more wins than last season, so there's positives to be had. I think. What the Titans come second, nine and eight, as much as it pains me to say that, um, with, with Nate being a Colts fan. Um, I've got the Colts at 10 and seven. Uh, I'm a bit like you, Pat, in that 
Carson Wentz does scare me. When you're seeing stats from 2020 with 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions and a quarterback rating of less than 50, that's the sort of thing that terrifies anyone. Uh, if, you, if you're throwing him out as your QB1, um, where's Tyrod Taylor when you need him? Uh, but I still think that the, the rest of the... Uh, the rest of the franchise got, you know, the roster's good enough to carry them probably to 10 and 7. I'm amazed. I'm honestly amazed whether or not you genuinely feel that is going to be the Colts finishing at 10 and 7. I'm amazed you haven't put us like third, quite frankly. That, that's like unusual Alan Wheelhouse. If Nate's a fan, they're shit and they're going to do shit. I, I mean, I remember Carson Wentz when he lit it up. Honestly, I think if the Colts had Ryan Tannehill, they'd be fourteen and three team. I don't see Carson Wentz is a weak link. It's a fantastic roster around him. Genuinely think that. There you go. It's the last time I'm going to mention Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> my, my my concern my concern actually is the wide receiving group from the Colts. Um, I know I didn't sort of like bat it back at you, Nate, but um, of the division. If I was going to rate the wide receiving groups out of all the teams, they wouldn't be in the top half. You're an idiot. Um, Are you kidding me? Actually, you're most wrong. I'm not. not. The Titans let everybody go. The Texans, they're all dopeheads, and even they've left. And uh, and the the Jaguars have uh, Chark, who can't you know catches one in seven balls thrown to him. I'm not having that. They might not be the best in the league by a long way, but they're not the best. They're not even half as worse, bad as half of the other. I think I think I'd put them at maybe, maybe. I think I'd put them first. Fuck it, I'll put them first in the division, pending some movement in in Tennessee. If some if a player comes in in Tennessee, then yeah, I'll see. They're not the best wide receiving unit in the division. I think most of the wide receiving units in the division are shit. I love the fact you're underestimating our wide receiving group so thoroughly, and I hope your defense does as well. Ain't gonna happen, mate. Not at all. I think on the argument of the, the Titans, I think the Titans are better placed to be much better everyone's in group than the Colts um, because they're going to bring they're going to bring someone in. They can't go into week one with what they've got. Um, like Josh Reynolds is a three rather than two's okay, but um, yeah, they worry me at the moment. But I think AJ Brown's probably worth maybe two of the top three for the Colts. Um, you, you look at their. Who, who was actually catching the passes in Indy? There's only two receivers that got more than 600 yards. Um, T.Y. Hilton got uh, 762. Zach Pascal got 630. Um, AJ Brown probably got, I don't know, probably nearly got what both of those added together, just himself, and he missed multiple games. Um, and I agree, I think the Jags. They've got good potential. Marvin Jones gets 200 yards in one game usually every season. You never know which one, but he always does. And Yeah, yeah, but he gets five five yards for the rest of them. Well, you know, new system, new quarterback. You, you never know. The, the Texans, I'm going to have to be honest, I actually had to Google the depth chart for the <laughs> wide receiving group earlier. Um, I didn't. I wasn't sure that Randall Cobb was still there. Um, but aside from Brandon Cooks, I, I was struggling. Um, but yeah, the Colts wide receiving group doesn't Wow me, but despite that, I still have them at ten and seven. So I think the rest of the team's decent. Fair enough. You allowed your own opinion, even if it is shit. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's been well received. Um, 
Okay, well, um, should we have a final word from everyone as we go around the around the table before we sign off? Um, Adam, any final words of wisdom for the end of the for the end of the uh, podcast for the season coming up? It's it's interesting how we all argue with each other. Um, we we like to have a go at each other's roster, each other personally, even well, not not so much personally, but um, there's a lot of shade thrown around about various players, and then we all do our predictions at the end, and they're not a million miles from each other, are they? Um, so uh, I think. <laughs> As long, well, how about who fancies a Colts versus Titans matchup in the playoffs? Maybe that's what we're going to get. That could be fun. Let's leave. I'll, I'll leave it there with that thought. I love that idea. Uh, Pat, any more from you? Final words? I just really want the um, new regime in Jacksonville to be a success. I want to believe it will be a success. And although some of the offseason moves have made me less um, confident that way, you've still got to uh, give them the benefit of the doubt and see them play a few games before you make that that um, mind up. So uh, fingers crossed we're moving in a positive direction. Excellent. Graham, final thoughts? Uh, I just want uh, the Texans organisation to do what it needs to do, fire Jackie Sturdy, and then move on from there. Uh, shut down all masseuse parlours near and around the greater Houston area. <laughs> Ban them from uh, flying in. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? You know, really do some <laughs> really serious airport checks on everyone. You know, not just your driver's licence. I want to know what you do for a living. <laughs> you know, Amen. Get, get, but I, I really want all that, that stuff gone now. I, I really want to tidy itself up. Um, I know we. I, I'll agree that we throw a lot of shade at each other about the rosters and everything in that, but I think a lot of shade comes from out with the division as well towards the AFC South. I think it's a division that's been um, like just downed for a lot of years. But if you look back in the last couple of seasons, there's usually two teams out of the AFC South come into the playoffs um, over the last few years. And some of them have had good runs like the, the Jags had a good run. The the Titans yeah, had Sax- an excellent Saxonville run. Saxonville had a whale of a time, didn't they? Yeah, you know. So <laughs> there's there's we we give each other stick, but that's because we support the teams and we're allowed to. But everyone else needs to to back up and shut up because you know we're we're putting two teams into the playoffs usually in a season now, um, and they've all got winning records. I'll remind you, they're getting into the playoffs with winning records. You know, that's hard for some teams to do, some divisions to do. So, yeah. But I really want the Texans to sort out all their shit. Stop airing it in public. You know, just get on with the job in hand. I want some of the fans to get behind the new management team. Give them a chance. That's all you can do. You know, give the GM a chance. Give the new head coach a chance. Give all... Well, let's see where it goes now. We're on a journey. Let's do it together. And I really hope for a good season from everyone. I'm looking for some good divisional games again. I think we put on some of the best ones last year. And that goes for all the teams playing each other. It's never boring in the South. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and Nate, any final famous last words? Yeah, I want to I, I sort, of, sort of down the, a similar track that Graham went down. Um, we might... 
we might throw shade at each other and we might, you know, call it call call each other out for supporting shit teams and find convoluted reasons as to why each other's worse than the others. But I don't hate any of the teams in the AFC South like I hate the Pats or the Cowboys or the Buccaneers. Or, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like when I when, you know, it, as a Stevenish fan, I hate Luton, I hate Woking, I hate Barnet. Proper scum, right? But I don't hate I don't hate your teams. I mean, for a last long time there was nothing to hate because you were all shit. Then you know, one or two of you come up, have a good good couple of years, and you fall away again, right? But there's not there's, I just feel there's nothing to hate about you guys. So I I quite like being in an openly relatively competitive division where we all take take wins off of each other and it all flips around quite often. And uh that all that being said, I wouldn't be a Colts fan if I didn't finish with fuck the Texans. Oh, we're not doing that again. Fuck <laughs> <Back> the <to> Texas. <laughs> uh, thanks so much, guys. I think, yeah, the AFC South's a really interesting division. And I know we've all sort of come up with fairly similar standings, maybe the top two flip round. I still think there's every chance that there's going to be wins for teams at the bottom of the division off the teams at the top. I think anything can happen in this division. It's a really exciting one. Lots happened in the last year for... All the teams, actually, you know, new quarterbacks, new head coaches, um, you know, draft picks, um, loss of players, gains of players. And I think it is a bit of probably one of those ones that has shaken up probably more than a lot of divisions have over the last, um, you know, since you know, the Super Bowl, basically, since the offseason began. So it'd be really interesting to see what happens. I'm sure some of our predictions will be right. I'm sure some of them will be absolutely dreadful. Uh I think we'll all be shocked if the Texans win the division, but, you know, who knows? Something could happen. Go for it. Um, I think we'll end it there. Uh, thanks so much, everyone, for listening, and uh, hopefully look forward to you listening again sometime soon. Thank you. Mm-hmm.